Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I am just delighted you're joining me back here in my kitchen today, and it will be really fun with the two, with the two um, actually guests today, the proprietors of Burr-A-Me, that is French butter spelled B-E-U-R-R-E-A-Me, and it's all about ghee, and I can't wait to learn about ghee. And how these two sisters, Madeline and Kelly, uh, entrepreneurs, created this wonderful new business in the food industry. So, without further ado, Kelly and Madeline, welcome to Kitchen Chat. Thank you for having us. Oh, and congratulations on your new business, Burr Ami, and I can't wait to hear about uh, the actual business and how that started, but if we could first just jump into the product, uh, and that is ghee. What is ghee? G-H-E-E, right? That's how you spell it? Yes. Great. Tell me about Um, ghee. Well, this is Kelly. Um, ghee is basically uh, well-known here in America as clarified butter. And basically what it is is a burning uh, off of the dairy or the dairy fat in butter until you get this rich, golden, very um, unctuous oil that has a higher burning um, tolerance than, say, our regular dairy-based um, butter. And so I guess when you say a higher burning tolerance, uh, does that mean like if you're doing stir fry or some kind of, of uh, dish uh, or even chicken, if you have uh, chicken in the pan, that it won't burn as much as if you were using butter? If you right. Were to substitute For, ghee. Correct. Yes, correct. So, for example, clarified butter or ghee has a higher smoke, smoking point, um, burning point, um, which is like about 485 uh, Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit to, I think it's like uh, 252 Celsius, then like, for example, butter, which only goes up to 325, 375 Fahrenheit, 163, 180-ish uh, Celsius. So, you know, ghee, clarified butter, is w- wonderful for sautéing, whereas with dairy-based butters, you have to um, complement it with, say, something like olive oil or oh, okay. a canola or something so that it can get to a higher smoke point, burning point, to be able to also cook something longer in okay. a pot but or ghee, fan. And, and Kelly, ghee is still a dairy product then, is that right? So yes. it's just the clarify, it, it's just where uh, the dairy has been cooked out of it, but it's still Correct. based on dairy. Okay, so it's Correct. not like a fake milk product or anything. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. No fake cows. Okay. No. <laughs> Great. It is considered vegetarian versus oh. um, uh, because the dairy has been burned off. Okay. So it is. It's not considered vegan because 
well, butter comes from cows, but right. it is considered vegetarian. Okay. So, um, so it, yeah. Okay, that's great. But it is still a butter, and it's just clarified butter, and they call it ghee. I wonder, right. how did yeah. they start and, calling it ghee? What was the... Well, there's, <laughs> the difference between clarified butter and ghee is that um, ghee originated in um, the Indian um, uh, Asian culture, and it it's um, more of a... Um, it's a, they use it with rituals and with their cuisines. But clarified is more French. The French um, use it to be able to cook with butter on with the higher temperatures and whatever, you know. So that's the difference between a, the classification of clarified versus ghee. Uh, and if I could expound on that, yeah. uh, clarified uh, ghee is a class of clarified butter, um, so you do see it in India and South Asian cooking, and Mal's correct when you you know religious um, uh, events and things are centered around ghee. So um, you know, like for example, Hindus use ghee because um, one of their religious uh, um, uh, symbols is a cow. So it just kind of all comes about. Yeah. So ghee it can be classified as a class of clarified butter. Okay, so we won't go off on in terms of all of the different uses for uh, uh, traditional ceremonies, but rather the what happens in the kitchen with ghee. <laughs> so this will be fun. And your products of ghee. So you were inspired, um, Kelly, in terms of, hey, I like ghee. I mean, did you start cooking with ghee yourself? And that's where you discovered, hey, this is a really fun product to cook with, and, and then you just started experimenting with different flavors, or, or what was the impetus or the inspiration um, for your product? Actually, when Malin brought about the idea, I, I wanted to do something different, and to be quite honest, I was looking at one of the, you know, one of a, a food show, to be quite honest, and they used and spoke about ghee and clarified butter and all the different types of ways to cook with it, and then how it brought about a you know, this like, you know, deep and, and, and rich taste to meals. So before, even before Mallon had brought it up, um, I had thought about it myself. And mm-hmm. um, then after she brought it about, I, I purchased some. And I was like, okay, what can I do with this? How can I use it? You know, other than what I saw on TV and I cooked with it with just making scrambled eggs. And I tasted how so much more it tasted better than just cooking with regular dairy butter that I said, I have to use this, use this for this concept because it just, it, plus this allows you to utilize the Burmese products in regular everyday cooking, whereas compound butters traditionally aren't. They're like in a complement um, to a right. meal, you know. And- and if we can kind of go back just to the basics of ghee, I'm trying, I've never seen ghee. I mean, is it oil or is it like a stick of butter, but you call it a stick of ghee or is it like a cream cheese? I mean, what, what does it look like? It is a um, clear um, version of butter. Actually, it's more um, golden in color. Hmm. Um, so when it solidifies, it has a more of a goldenly looking 
color, and it can be kept at room temperature, whereas certain dairy, dairy butters that you can't. And then when it's um, liquid form, it's clear, purely clear, this pure, beautiful oil that's just clear. Yeah, and in certain stores, you don't find it in the um, freezers, the refrigerated section. You find it on the shelf. Okay, and that is a real attraction, I think, for home chefs is you don't have, at least for me, you don't have to squeeze yet another thing into your refrigerator. It can be stored at room temperature in your pantry. Right. Correct. Whether it's in the oil form or the liquid form or whether it's in a solidified form. Right. Right. Okay, so that definitely adds a convenience (laughs) factor to that. (laughs) So what... What inspired you, I guess, in terms of uh, creating products? If you could share with us a little bit about how you have turned um, ghee into some really delicious product ideas. Well, I was watching Ah. one of my favorite shows, Shark Tank, and a lady had um, made a lot of money on a simple idea of creating fudge and I was I was thinking about it, you know, what could we do to start our own business to, you know, either supplement our income or become our um our our you know, business. And um I, you know, I thought about it and I was like um compound butters. And um Kelly then I brought the idea to Kel- to Kelly and the next thing you know, she had a few um, recipes, and she was telling me, well, why don't we use clarified butter or ghee versus regular butter uh, that would make us different from the rest, even though there are not a lot of companies that have uh, compound butters. Um, but this would even bring us, make us more unique, more artisan. Um, yes. Next thing you know, we were coming up with flavors, and we have seven different flavors. And you, oh, good. And I can't wait to talk. And here, I guess, Kelly, if you could kind of um, uh, share with our listeners some of the delicious flavors that you offer. And then, Madeline, I would love to hear from your perspective about how you start up uh, a small business in the food industry these days. And it was so exciting. I recently had spoken with Rachel Hofstetter and hope to have her on a kitchen chat soon. She was the author of Cooking Up a Business, uh, Lessons from Food Lovers Who Turn Their Passion into a Career and How You Can Too. And that might tie in very nicely in terms of uh, what tips you can offer those new food entrepreneurs as well. But first, let's get back to the butter. Um, So, Kelly, if you could share with us some of your creations and what inspired your experimentation with different flavors and different ingredients to add to the ghee, so you ultimately created um, a product. Well, for example, we first have um, lavender lemon butter. And I came about with that because I was uh, on a French a journey at that time trying to cook very French-wise, and um, I also saw some recipes that used lavender, and I thought, I can do this. I can make this into something really good. So what we, what I did was I just got some lavender, and I got some lemon, and I mixed it up with the butter and some other little um, uh, 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 ingredients, and 
I first tried it on roasted chicken, which was phenomenal. So there we go. We put it right there in the shelf. I'm like, that's the one. That's one of them. And then um, the other one of the other flavors is called balsamic olive. Um, we use Sicilian and Kalamata olives with a beautiful aged balsamic and um, you know, trying that on, like, for example, seared halibut uh, or roasted vegetables, it, it was another one that I just had to use. Um, it's very Mediterranean. And then um, we do have a vanilla bean butter, which does have a dairy brought back into it, but not the dairy you would think. <laughs> and... Um, we use I use that on lobster tails. It's just it's it's just so delicious. It goes with the sweet crustaceans like lobster, uh, crab, scallops, so on and so forth. Wow. Then we have um, cranberry orange brandy, oh. butter. Uh, this came from an inspiration of my dad. He loves dried cranberries, and um, I said, well, I got to do something for him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he also loves brandy. Who doesn't? So um, I came up with the idea of putting these together and. And also at the same at the time we were going into the holidays, so I was like, oh yeah, we got to do something like this with for turkey or stuffings, oh. or my mom puts them in waffles. It's, it's there's no limit to it. Yeah, I was about to say a lot of these seem that you could do either savory or sweet uh, with exactly. the vanilla bean. Can the vanilla bean be a nice addition to um, you know a pie or a cake that you're making. Oh, I mean, it, okay, so I, I guess my question too is, okay, I know you can use these for sautés, that's great, or mm-hmm. marinating or whatever you do to it, but what about, can you use it as a substitute for butter in, you know, baking um, uh, some of the sweets, the pie? Yes. Or, or is, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, for example, I make a lavender lemon butter pound cake which the original menu um, recipe called for just regular butter. And I was like, I'm just going to put the lemon, lavender lemon. And I also put the vanilla bean butter in that cake as well for the vanilla, be- vanilla extract that it calls for. Um, you know, for example, another thing that I did was, and we have these recipes on our website, uh, the vanilla bean butter uh, I use for, well, they call my my chocolate, uh, chocolate chip cookies famous in my <laughs> in my own mind, but my uh, famous vanilla bean butter chocolate chip cookies now, you know. Um, so you can use a lot of these for savories and sweets. That's why I love these butters because they're so diverse. Um, again, the lavender lemon can be used for roasted chicken, uh, roasted vegetables, on fish. Or then you can make it into a pound cake. Or I have, I'm going to be making up a recipe called lemon, I mean, lavender lemon bars. So instead of lemon bars, they're lavender lemon bars. That is great. You know what? And I've never um, cooked with lavender in full <laughs> disclosure. I'm not a very good cook. So I just have a basic <laughs> question about, sure. yeah, about lavender. So, for example, I have a lovely, fragrant lavender bush or plant or whatever you call it in my sunroom. So would I mm-hmm. just go and it's just pick up a little bit of the bloom or something? Or how do you cook with lavender? Well, my recommendation is to always get a nice um, uh, lavender bundle from a reputable place that sells lavender specifically for cooking. You can oh. find a, um, a lot of places that do this. They're online as well. Um 
I, I have, you know, the place I go to is reparable and I find it, I found it right in the cooking section of, of that, of that individual, um, individual oh, place. Um, okay. the trick with lavender though, it can be so overwhelming. So my recommendation to the new cook or the trepidatious cook is to <laughs> go and find herb de, de Provence, herb de Provence, yeah. which usually contains various herbs plus lavender. And kind of experiment with it. That's how I started cooking with lavender. Because, like I said, I was like, wait a minute. This could be so overwhelming. I I did the mistake by buying it by itself. And then a friend of mine said, no, do do herb de Provence and try it that way. And then slowly, gradually get more comfortable. Okay. Because as we chat, I'm actually holding in my hand a little sprig of lavender and it looks like a little flower. I didn't, you know what? I did not realize that lavender blooms. So there's this beautiful (laughs) little uh, kind of white, purpley, um, lavender-like bloom on top of the, the sprig. So in other words, what you're saying is I can't go pluck that from the, the little lavender display. You need to really go to an, an, a food place, food market right. to use it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because usually, you know, the, the individuals, there's, you know, if you pick it on your own, you can't use the flowering bud of it. You can, you only use the bud of, of the uh, of the lavender. And there's oh. only certain lavenders that you can use. I use um, the ones for Provence, of okay. course, um, because it, they have they're fragrant, but they they have a very uh, light and and um, gentle smell to them. So it's good for cooking, oh. and also it's just always good to go you know somewhere that that you know instead of going in your backyard, you never know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. We have a lot of critters and coyotes in exactly. the <laughs> in the woods. So, well, this is great. I love these flavors that you have created. And you'd mentioned that you have seven. So these are the first yes. four, the lavender lemon, balsamic olive, uh, vanilla bean butter, a cranberry orange brandy, and what are the other three? Do you have other threes as well? We have a fig pistachio tarragon butter. Um, This is made with black mission figs um, and uh, pistachios and tarragon. This was another one that I kind of thought of my dad for because he loves dried uh, uh, fruit and he loves nuts. So uh, when first making this, I was like, oh, he's going to adore this. But then now I was like, it needs a little bit something more. So we brought in the tarragon so it can have more of a licorice um, back note taste for it. And I found that um, a friend of mine who's a vegetarian, he just puts it on bread. I mean, that's it. That's all he eats. It's, oh. it's just like that. But we've also put it in stuffing. We put it on turkey breast. I've uh, made a pizza flatbread with the tarragon butter as the sauce with arugula and um, prosciutto. It's it's the Thai for. And then yeah, I've I've also made fruit fig newtons. Malin has used it as a um, instead with the um, the rice krispies. She substituted that butter and put this in it. Oh, for rice krispie treats. Yeah, yeah. Any, yes. Any recipe that calls for an oil or butter, you could substitute one of our flavored butters um, in 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 there. That sounds delicious. So we have so there are two other additional flavors besides the um, fake pistachio fig. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's parsley parmesan butter, which we use in any kind of pasta 
or on steak itself. And then we have a, what we call a Creole butter. Malin and I, um, our, our family is, is Creole from New Orleans, and so we had to do an homage to them. And uh, Malin makes a great, I like to call it a 30-minute 30 30 uh, gumbo with it. And um, I use it for anything and everything in pasta, in red beans and rice, on steaks, anything you can think of, you can use these butters for. That just sounds so delicious and so versatile as well. And and listeners, um, let me just give you a link, and I will provide a link online with the podcast, but it's burrami.com, B-E-U-R-R-E-A-M-I.com. So I guess what that means, friendly butter <laughs> or butter friend? <laughs> butter friend, yeah. <laughs> and the quick question, are there any, before we jump into the business side, and Madeline, I'm so excited to hear about how you know you got the business side of it moving forward. But but real quickly, is there a health benefit in terms of uh, less cholesterol or something like that with ghee? Um, I don't know. Is there a is that something to consider too? Um, actually, yes, there is. Um, and I'm, I'm I have a piece of note here that's that has the information on it, and I, I want to make sure I <laughs> give you the correct information. Oh, sure. But um, basically, ghee has um, since it's it's uh, no dairy fat, the cholesterol and all and and things like that are very you know it's low in cholesterol. Uh, everything has cholesterol, but it, but it's lower than yeah. usual. And then. Um, it helps with, uh, you know, giving you that, that, that buttery taste, but then, you know, you don't have to, to deal with, uh, you know, fat content, so it's less fat in it. And I wonder and, for those who are lactose intolerant, is that another benefit where it is butter-based, but the dairy has kind of been um, removed from it through a process uh I wonder if it becomes lactose-free through that. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm not quite sure, but no, I would. I could assume so. Um, so maybe it's, those, it's, it's, yeah, diners who have, or maybe since it's lect, less lactose, that um, you know can become more palatable right. for those who are on a restricted diet. But I love that it does come from. Butter, you know, from a dairy product, a milk product in and of itself. It's not any kind of, you know, manufactured elsewhere. It is real, but it is just exactly clarify. Yes. Oh, that's excellent. You know, actually, um, looking at my notes um, when I was researching this, I went to a a web page called Dr. Gourmet, and he speaks about this and how he had a friend who was intolerant, and that this actually was a better option for her because you do get that taste of butter yeah. and and you don't miss out on that taste, but you don't have the, the issues with, with the lactose and everything. Yeah. Because so, the butter, yeah. Is, because the dairy part is removed. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And yet you still have, maintain the taste, but um, right. 
Yeah. Oh, that is so fabulous. And Kitchen Chat listeners, I am so excited to share with you that Kelly and Madeline have offered to um, to provide a sample pack of these delicious uh, ghee products uh, to a lucky winner. So I will be providing details on the Facebook page, Kitchen Chat Facebook, all one word, and also on the podcast uh, as well as my blog site, kitchenchat.info. So things are happening in the kitchen, and I'm so excited with this sample pack. So thank you, both Kelly and Madeline, for (laughs) this wonderful Kitchen Chat Pantry giveaway. You're welcome. Yes, to to a lucky listener out there. Well, and I'm so excited, too, listeners, you will be able to access the delicious recipes as well um, that are on the website too, which are, are just a great, great uh, addition to that. And it has more information about the products and all of that as well and how to reach out to them on burrami.com. So this has been so much fun learning about the products and the food side of it. And Madeline, if you could just briefly share with our listeners, um, you know, how you got up the courage and, and the finances and what all was involved in launching a new business in the food industry, because that's, that's a big step. Yeah. Um, well, the first thing was uh, getting a business license um, and then working up a um, a marketing plan, a business plan, um, coming up with what our um, our food, our statement, our business statement is, and mainly it's to help the um, average cook or the budding shelf chef to assist them with making gourmet meals without a lot of time and effort just by adding the butters in. And um, then going out and uh, we had to get, you know, insurance for the business and we had to uh, both get uh, become licensed food handlers Okay. And um, yeah. So did you have to go to a cooking school for that, or how do you become a licensed well, food handler? Well, there are you can uh, take a test. Well, you take a class and a test, and it's all online. And then, and once if once you pass, they give you your license. Okay. Um, yeah, and. Um, and I'm just curious. Do you have to like? You don't have to cook something for the license. No. Well, okay. <laughs> no. No, it's okay. mainly it's mainly all about food handling, how okay. how to how not what not to do. And then you like I said, you take a tutorial and once the tutorial's over, you take a test. Okay. And then and then you become licensed. And it's um how to handle store foods, temperatures, um how to uh Clean how to wash your 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 area. How not to cross contaminate um, your uh, your and things that area. things that any home chef would do as well. So it's <laughs> a lot of common sense things. It's so a lot of common sense, yeah. sense and basic um, cleaning. You know, right. uh, food food prep. Yeah, exactly. So in starting it up. Um, just to kind of frame this for our listeners. So there's definitely a lot of paperwork, a lot of compliance, different licenses 
to start up and, and really starting with a marketing plan. Um, and in doing that, did you find people in the community, other business leaders kind of coming behind you? And, and, and for funding, did you start a kickstart campaign or, or, um, yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, okay. Great. Yes. And, and how is that going? And because uh, for others considering starting up one of those, uh, is it a an easy thing to do? And um, it how- was it, it was an easy thing to do, but you should be able to. You have to be able to um, market and advertise your um, your kickstart. Make sure you have a large base of people that will um, go ahead and then help you spread the word. Yeah, get your um, your uh, mission or your your uh pledge out there so that um not only are you tapping in on your you know family and friends but then they're going to send it out to their friends and their families or people they know that would invest and would um help you uh grow your business yes and that is an important thing in the right the, the connecting like, social media and and all of right. that and and i Twitter, you know, yes, and because there really is, and it's so interesting too, Madeline, that in Rachel Hofstetter's Cooking Up a Business, uh, one of the chapters is about um, the genius financial model, you know, for someone looking to become a food entrepreneur and about the rise of competition and a new model and, and using Kickstarter and how Kickstarter has really helped uh, different uh, businesses take off, so it's exciting to to hear that you're part of the cutting edge of this new financial model, you know, and launching new businesses within the food industry. So, what do you think the biggest takeaway lesson has been for you in terms of? Okay, you made the decision as two sisters, which I love, um, to start a new family food business. What has been I guess the greatest lesson you can share with the listeners and then what do you feel that it took to just bump you to that next step to have the courage to start a business? Well, I mean, Kelly and I, um, we're, we've always worked very hard for other folks. <laughs> so we figured if we could work that hard for somebody else, then we could work that hard for ourselves. And it's mainly just having a an idea that you truly are passionate about, that you you are proud, and that um, uh, that you're willing to work very hard at, and then and then just keep moving forward. There's going to be a lot of challenges trying to get your name out there, trying to get your brand growing, you know, to grow, trying to get financing. Trying to get your your product into the marketplace or or in the you know um, out to the public to be sold to the public. There are a lot of obstacles. It's a lot of hard work, but if you have that passion and that drive, um, then you're gonna you know hopefully overcome those. Uh, we've had some good things, and then we've had some bumps in the road. Right. But one thing we both we had is that drive to keep moving forward. Yes, 
Yes, because you have a great product. And just to kind of and give a framework. Great product. Yes, which is key. <laughs> Build it and they will come. Right. Um, what about, how many years has this taken? How long has Burr Ami kind of been in creation and, and producing the product? We started um, early 2013, and pretty much all last year um, was just, getting the product, tweaking it, um, getting our packaging, getting our logo, um, getting all the little, uh, getting our licenses, getting all the, start, all the startup stuff um, going. Right now we're moving on um, uh, advertising our product, uh, uh, getting it to the markets, getting it to the public. Uh, we're focusing more on the selling and the uh, building our brand and um, yeah. and advertising of our product right this year. That's our goal for this year. Right. So. Well, it just I, it's just so exciting to be speaking with you both at kind of at the beginning stage. I mean, it's a young business that is already taking off and should be an encouragement to those listeners, you know, who are considering taking that step and and what all is involved and everything. And you've created a delicious product. So it's going to be fun to to follow the growth of Burr Ami and maybe we'll see you guys on Shark Tank or <laughs> something as well in the near future. That's going to be uh, exciting to see too. And, and so I guess part of this as well um, is you have to source the raw materials, and in this case, um, the ghee. So do you actually make your own ghee, or do you source the ghee, which has already been clarified? Actually, we source it out. Um, we use a very good um, brand of uh, ghee-clarified uh, ghee butter um, that I, I researched online. There's not many who do it, uh, believe it or not, and I was lucky to find one, um, a distributor that does it, and they do it very well. Oh, great. And you just have a kitchen where you're you're creating and I can imagine all the pots and pans and taste tests <laughs> yeah. and all of that. And, and any other, Kelly, are there any other um, flavors that you're working on right now to add to the, the, to the, the family? Line? <laughs> right. Yeah, I was, um, we have on the horizon looking at a bacon uh, maple butter. Ooh, bacon. A, um, a raspberry cream cheese butter. I know you're probably like, what? <laughs> but good. these are just ideas coming out. out uh, and uh, I have a, a whole bunch of people who are like, you need to make me this kind of butter. So uh, these are some of the ones that people are throwing at me. And I'm like, okay, we'll try. <laughs> we'll try and see if we can do that. Get back and we, into the lab and, and stir there. But oh, you know what? I, I am very partial to chocolate, any kind of chocolate okay. coming up. Good to know. Good to know. And when I do, when we get that in, you'll be the first person to taste it. I love that. I love that. Well, this has just been such a delightful kitchen chat. Kelly and Madeline, thank you, the proprietors and founders of Burr Ami. And I will provide a link, listeners, burrami.com, for their delicious, delicious products. And I'm just so delighted that you spent the time today with us. Well, thank you for having us, Margaret. Oh, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you. And please, please be in touch with me. I can't wait to hear from you. We have so many ways 
to connect now um, via Facebook and and uh, the website, kitchenchat.info, and of course via the podcast. So lots of fun giveaways coming up with the Kitchen Chat Pantry for this new year. I'm just so excited that you are on this journey with me, listeners, and, and um, very soon in the next few months, I'm going to be attending a fun conference, the International Association of Culinary Professionals. It's going to be here in Chicago, and can't wait to, to hear about all the wonderful things going on in, in the food industry and the culinary world and to share them with you. But during this busy time, and I know it's, it's quite busy as uh, we're working on New Year's resolutions and whatnot, just please remember to take a few moments and savor the day. Thank you for joining us today. If you're interested in Margaret's books, A Mother's Heart Knows, Pearl Girls Encountering Grit, Experiencing Grace, and Go Back and Be Happy, please just click on the covers on the webtalkradio.net page in front of you. Margaret would love to connect with you and hear from you. So join her on Twitter, Facebook, her blog, or click on this website to leave a note and share a recipe. Thank you again, and we'll see you here again for a new show next week. 